0: Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode sixteen of the Spy Who Loved Mega Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Denji Sentai Mega Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listener. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today?
1: Doing well, man. Had a great day. Got to see you today. That was yeah, fun. That was very nice. Drove the twins out, picked up a fresh baguette, and drove on our way. I, I hope
0: that you enjoyed it.
1: We did, we did. Uh, we ate it sitting in the cell phone parking lot at the airport because you can see a bunch of planes.
0: Uh so the kids just like to like sit there and look at the planes.
1: Yeah, I, I yeah, mean, man. I just get to it. get out of the house.
0: I, yeah, it's I, cool. I, yeah. Sometimes you
1: see a plane landing, or sometimes you see one taking off. Mostly, they just sit there. Sure. Although it actually is. This is a total side note. It is very interesting because um, when you park at the, at the cell phone lot, like. It's across the street uh, and like a big fence from the plane parking lot, right? Like this is you know like if they're not in yeah. the air, they've got to be someplace. And uh, it is interesting because as we have been going once a week or twice a week, sometimes over the course of the last few months, I am seeing fewer planes. Oh, like there are like more because fl- like when it first started, like it was jam- it was packed full. There was not space for more planes because, like, nobody was flying. And now things are it, – it's disappointing because nobody should be flying still because we're still in the middle of a deadly global pandemic, y'all. But uh, people are, and there's, there's fewer planes there. So that's not fun, but it is true. Cool. Yeah, uh, that's, like, that's how I like to start off the show, man. That's how I like to start off our comedy
0: podcast. Oh man, you, you you absolutely love it, um, and you know what else you love, Dave? I feel like I knocked is, it out of the park. Thanks. Is is episode fifteen or sixteen rather of Denji Sentai Mega Ranger? It is called "Very Bad." Will we die? Yeah, it's a raw episode, folks. It's, oh yeah, uh, strap in, dudes. <laughs> um, but we will get to that in a minute. Uh, Because first, Dave, as always, we have our officially award-winning opening segment. Dave, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What is our first Star of the Week? Man,
1: our first Star of the Week is, as it always has been, Isolation Update. Isolation
0: Update. So Matt,
1: um how's your isolation
0: going, I guess? Oh, you know. Um all right. Been eating a lot of muesli again. I remember that I muesli. love I remember that I love muesli. Been so been eating yeah, that it's for delicious. breakfast. Feel like I got a lot of power. It's very good.
1: It's an extremely healthy breakfast. Now are you doing are you uh, are you an overnight soak
0: sort of dude? I'm not doing an overnight soak, but I do uh mix it in with yogurt. And uh, blueberries, actually, before I oh, eat it.
1: I dig that. We do it with steel cut oats as opposed to rolled oats. Mm-hmm. I like the final texture more; it's not as gummy.
0: Well, you know what I've been getting into is uh, uh, Bob's. Was it Bob's Red Mill? Love Bob. Love, Love Bob. Bob's Red Mill products.
1: Also, just love Bob Bob's a solid dude, man. Bob is a solid dude and by solid you know this thing by about solid him?
0: dude, I mean he is interested in solidarity and when I say he's interested in solidarity dude <laughs> I mean forever <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah dude so I assume you know this thing about when he when he retired yeah. right yeah, dude if you did not know this by the way, so first of all Bob's Renmill is an employee owned company, but like Bob himself CEO was like the majority owner. Uh, And when he retired, he just gave the company to the rest of the employees. It was amazing. It was Uh, a real, again, real solid dude. And also great products.
0: Yeah, uh, but they do specifically, um, they've got a European-style muesli, which is great because back when our parents lived in Sweden, whenever they would come home, they would bring me a bag of like Swedish muesli that I really loved that I have not been able to sort of replace until I discovered that uh, Bob's Red Mill basically makes that exact same product. Uh, oh, so yeah, huge, huge deal in the uh, in the Matt J household. How's nice, your resolution going?
1: Yeah, that's uh, no, that's excellent. Uh, it's going well. We are. Uh, I've been doing rice pudding. I'll do rice pudding on Fridays, Ooh. and then we'll have it for breakfast on Saturdays. Yeah, and here's the deal: since the twins have trouble with dairy, I do it with like half milk and half almond milk, and I use brown rice and then i sweeten it with honey and it's basically like it tastes like dessert but it's basically healthy it's like brown rice and almond milk and honey really? like it's very healthy i do put a little heavy cream on it not a wow. ton just a little bit uh but it's very healthy and it's a great breakfast and i love it so I don't know. Isolation's going okay, Matt. Uh, school year's starting up pretty soon. I still don't know what it's going to look like. I know I've got a job, which is awesome. Yeah, um, huge. That's huge. It is. It's real, real huge. I um Listen, you know, like I, I know that a lot of people are in a tough spot. I'm very lucky that that my job has continued kind of unabated. So that's awesome. Um, workout. Like I just feel like I'm talking about a million things I've talked about. Workouts are going well. I had an idea because you can't get weights. I think we've talked about this, right? Yeah. Like you cannot get dumbbells for, like, love or money. Well, you can't get them for money, just, like, ten times as much money as you would want to pay. But I right, said, right. you know what you can get is PVC pipe and cement.
0: You're just going to so make So I have own an weights. idea.
1: Yeah, I'm just going to, like, pack some PVC pipes with cement. I'm going to make my own weights. It's good. I haven't oh, done it yet, but I had the idea cement. and I
0: felt real good. That makes more sense than what I was thinking, which is that you would, like... Well, Use the PVC as a handle, and then like have cement dried on either side of it. Well,
1: that seems like an extremely bad idea. No, I was yeah, I was just gonna fill the PVC with cement. So, anyways, that's uh that's that's my isolation update, man. I take a lot of walks. I take the twins on a lot of walks. Nice, like long walks. Love it's a long good. Walk. They dig it. I've been doing a, a lot of
0: walk. late night walks. Mm, you know, I love. That's a late not night
1: really. Walk. Yeah, that doesn't work for me as well.
0: I mean, like an eleven thirty walk. That definitely does. I'm in, I'm in bed. Oh, it's by so 1130. good. Eleven thirty walk up to the lake. Look at the uh, look at the skyline. Cleveland doesn't. I have, can dig Cleveland it. Cleveland doesn't have much of a skyline, but when it's nighttime and you're seeing it like reflected on the lake, choice. It is. It's the reflection that does it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Dave, what is our second star of the week?
1: So, man, our second star of the week is. I'm really digging how much this is the second star of the week. Matt, it's Bun Vulcan.
0: Welcome to Bun Vulcan. Well, Dave, we've already talked about uh, any bread stuff that I did. I made another batch of baguettes. You came and got one. You did. Uh, They were great. um, But what is your bread update so well it's not a bread
1: update i did i made a cake and this was that i made a masala chai flavored cake because i love spice cake yeah love i don't, spice I don't cake. know why i'm
0: making that sound as though i am surprised you brought me a piece of that cake and i enjoyed it very much
1: i did bring you a piece of that cake so i love spice cake in general but i said you know what normally spice cake has like um like pumpkin pie spices in it that's kind of a a standard like american spice cake blend right right and i said i love spice cake i am going to change it up i'm gonna do a masala chai spice cake and so it's a lot of the same things right cinnamon cardamom uh no nutmeg because it's not american but cinnamon cardamom and uh you know some other stuff here are the two big things that i added into this spice cake that are masala chai first of all i did do Black tea, like I just ground up some black tea and I put that in the cake mix mm. and I felt like it worked. Not cake, I made the cake from scratch, but it's still mixed. Sure. You understand what I'm saying. And then the other thing I did put in, I was a little bit like eh, on it, but I did it anyways, was black pepper. A classic ingredient in masala chai, not something you would normally put in a Genoese sponge, but I did it and it worked. It was delicious. Totally worked. I am running into a weird thing with my cakes, though, wh- and I have no idea why this is the case, because this book is amazing, like this Art of French Pastry book that I have by Jackie Pfeiffer, uh-huh. and everything on it is spot on, except the cook times are, are, like, really off. And I even was like, well, let me get an oven thermometer so I know that, like, my oven is at the right temperature, right? Are they consistently because off in the I- same direction, Like, are always way too always
0: long? Okay.
1: They're always long. He's like, cook it for 30 to 35 minutes, and I pull it out at, like, 28, and it's still slightly overdone. So I have no idea why this is the case. Like, I have a good oven thermometer. Like, I just bought it. It's brand new. It's from, like, KitchenAid. Uh, Because here's the biggest... I have discovered this. Your preheat button on your oven, if it's anything like mine, is a complete fabrication. Like, all that that says is, like... It's hot now, but it does not. If you preheat your oven to 350 and it beeps and it says it's ready to go, it is almost definitely not actually at 350. Which if you're like roasting a roast, probably doesn't matter as much. But when you're like slapping a Genoese sponge and it's got to be at like 350, it's really got to be at 350. So I don't know what's up with that, but I've just started adjusting. I've started checking my cook times a lot earlier. Uh, So anyways, I made a masala chai cake. It was real good. I, I didn't put a frosting on it but I got to figure out a frosting and I'm, I'm trying to figure out what to do. I think maybe like a cream cheese frosting would make a lot of sense on a spice yeah, cake, but I might to try sense. and do a French. Yeah. But I might try and do a French buttercream, which is like a fancy thing and I've never tried it before and it'd be fun. So that's my thing. Cool. I think It'll be good. Uh, all right. Well then Dave, what is our third star of the week? Our third star of the week, Matt is I'm working on a new game because it's not, a, it's a, does, it's does like a mean board you finished game. The old one. It doesn't, of course not, man. <laughs> it doesn't mean not. Although I have, you know, man, I really thought I was going to find a lot of, be able to find a lot of time this summer to to be working on Ghost into Heroes, and I've done a little bit of it, but the whole summer has just been so weird.
0: It's, it's, that an, I just, it's an off year overall. It's an off
1: year, man. Uh, I really would like to get this project finished because it's been a number of years for Ghost Sentai Heroes at this point, And I, I really would like to kind of get it knocked out and, and just done. Um, I haven't done that yet. But I'm really... Like, it's really close. Um, I think the big thing that's happened... Dave, like, I did not bring big- this
0: up to berate you about Ghost Sentai Heroes. You have a new project you're excited to talk about.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, listen, I'm excited about Ghost Sentai Heroes. I just... It's... um. I think with everything, there hasn't been a lot of opportunity for the people who have very generously asked for the rules. There just hasn't been a lot of opportunities to play test stuff. So I'm a little bit at a, at a wall until I get like more feedback and and people in on it and looking at it and seeing if the game really does work. So here's the new game working on. Uh, It is called Tulip Mania and it is inspired by the Dutch tulip futures trading frenzy of the late 1600s of
0: course it is i mean what else would you yeah. make a game about
1: what else would you make a game about so uh kind of how it's set up right now is basically there's like three stages of the game And there's like an early stage and a mid-stage and a late stage. And the early stage is like fairly straightforward. You're just like buying and you're like planting tulips and selling tulips and that's fine. And then mid-stage, prices are starting to get a little bit wackier. And then by the end stage, like things are completely out of control. Um, There's like crazy events happening. The market is like fluctuating wildly. People are gaining and losing like vast sums of money or guilders, I guess. And then uh, at the end of the game, the market crashes because that's what happened. So, so it's not like monopoly where you're just like trying to, to win by like having all the guilders. It's like, well, no, you know, the market is going to crash and your goal is to sort of like set yourself up so that when it crashes, you're, you're at your best spot. So there's like an aspect where you're like planting a garden to harvest tulips and then you got to like bring them to market and then you got to sell them. And then there's another little aspect where you can like speculate on the market. Like you can place a wager as to where you think the market is going to go. So yeah, if I, if I get it put together, I'll, I'll, I'll put it out if people want to play test it, but uh, it's pretty close to being done.
0: The thing that's really fun about this, Dave, is that it really does feel like a Euro style, uh, like resource management game. Right? It does. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it felt, when I had the idea, it felt very good. And what's what's really great about it is that you you're designing a Euro-style game, but it's also, like, it's not just a Euro-style game in gameplay, right? It's also a Euro-style game in, like... The fact that it is about like this weird bit of European history. <laughs>
1: this, like insane tulips thing. yeah, so I think it'll be fun. I think it has legs. Um, I haven't had a chance to actually play it yet, but I did very strongly considering consider ordering twenty four dollars worth of little wooden cubes Ooh. to uh, to represent to represent the tulips that you're bringing to market. So I haven't done that yet, but I, I mean if it's I think it's only a matter of time. If
0: you've got a pile of little wooden cubes, then you know it's a real game. That's,
1: yeah. yeah, I feel surprised at the degree to which I think that's actually true. So, uh, yeah, that's my thing that's coming up. What, Matt, is our fourth Star of the Week?
0: Dave, our fourth Star of the Week is a television show I've been enjoying. Ticket? It. Um, it is, uh, I, I have talked before on the show about my, uh, my love of most of the uh, John Hodgman projects. Like, you know, I I, yeah, I, I, have, enjoyed his, I have enjoyed his books. S- specifically, his audiobooks are great. Um, like, if if you have not read his books, I kind of recommend them. But I definitely recommend the audiobooks. He does a great job with them, especially the early ones. I, I'm sure I've talked about this on the show before.
1: You, yeah, you have.
0: Okay, I'm not going to go on to all that again. Anyway, this is a new John Hodgman show, but it is also a new David Reese show. Which is extra exciting because, Dave, David Reese was the guy who made the show Going Deep with David Reese, which is another one of, like, the great shows that I really loved. Yes! David Reese is great. Yeah, it's like, man, Going Deep is, like, it's so sad because it only got maybe two seasons and they were short. Um, It might have only been the one season, honestly. And then it, like, it kind of doesn't exist anywhere I think it was made by National Geographic or something and it just it's not anywhere. like you cannot watch the show anymore, which is a huge bummer. but this is a new show. the two of them are doing it. They are good friends um, so they're doing this project together. It's an animated show and it is about uh, John Hodgman's character was a like encyclopedia Brown style teenage detective. In a small town in North Carolina, which is called Richardsville, um, and now he has grown up to be an adult, but he is still a detective for teenagers. Like he just never got adult clients, and just still like <laughs> hangs around. He just like <laughs> hangs around the high school with uh, David Reese's character, who was like his high school bully. But now they're like kind. They're like the only people who like they're just like each other's only friends, basically. But have a fun relationship. Mm. Uh, John Hodgman's character is named John Hunchman, which is wonderful because he is a detective. Um, anyway, they're like very short episodes as an animated show. They're very short episodes because they were originally designed to be part of these like animated anthology things. Um, on I think the FFX network, but they have now been separated out, uh, as their own thing. So they're no longer, you don't have to like watch all the other stuff to watch that too. Uh, it's called Dicktown and it's on Hulu and it's very good. I recommend it.
1: Matt, I think I have some good news for you because it was on National Geographic, which makes me feel like maybe it's on Disney Plus. Ah, oh, man,
0: I feel like I've checked that because they do have National Geographic I don't stuff know. on Disney Plus, but they don't have all of National Geographic on Disney Plus, which is a anyways. It's also bummer.
1: you can buy it on YouTube. Oh, Well, maybe I'll just like do that. It's, it. Does not appear to be on a service you're already paying for, but like if there was a particular episode you wanted to watch or whatever there is uh you you can purchase it anyways, Matt. what is our fifth and
0: final star of the week, Dave, our fifth and final star of the week is this, you know we've been doing this, this show is very now exciting for, uh, we've been doing this show for we we're, we're like you know we're in our sixth season, but we have been doing the show for six full calendar years at this point, uh yeah, uh-huh, and you know on a long enough timeline, there are milestones that make a podcast a real podcast and I, it's I, true. I think were, when we hit
1: 100 episodes, that felt very real. I feel like
0: there are three main milestones. There is uh, the time someone makes fan art for your show. That's huge. Uh, we did get fan art a couple of years ago. I think during the Kaku Ranger season, uh, Joe Hunter drew a picture of us that was very cool. Oh, I thought you were talking
1: about the uh, those those uh, three Stooges pearl bead things that Alex sent us.
0: Oh no, those were also very cool. Um,
1: I guess those aren't actually fan art in that they're not of us,
0: but they are cool art. They are art from a fan. From a fan. So they are, in that sense, fan art. Yeah. Anyway, so there, there's fan art. That's number one. Number two is a guest appearance from uh, Paul F. Tompkins. Bit of a long shot. Uh, don't that That is, don't yeah, know, we probably... I don't know when we're going to get that. Uh,
1: but, you know, we're... I feel confident we'll get there someday. Yeah. Have we have we reached out to Paul?
0: Uh, I mean I don't think so I, I I don't have i i don't I don't have a way to really get in touch with his people, but I don't know the the state of the internet being what it is, we're probably not that far away from like six degrees of Kevin baconing our way to him uh anyway, but the third uh milestone Dave is one that we have just gotten and that is this Dave, we got a sponsor hey. Uh, six years in, time to, time to change things up, guys. Uh, so, we have a sponsor this week, and we are very excited about it, because it's a thing that we want to see, in real life. Yes! Okay. Yeah, we are very excited about this. This week's episode of the Super Sentai Brothers is brought to you by Glam Metal Monster Hunter. Glam Metal Monster Hunter is the rules-light tabletop game of Neon Knight and Denim Demons, battling for supremacy in the satanic panic 80s. It's on Kickstarter until the end of the month, so grab your battle vest and your air guitar and get ready for some Glam Metal Monster mayhem. Become the Kickstarter backer and score yourself a zine, cassette, or a shirt. Check out the link in the show notes or search Glam Metal Monster Hunter on Kickstarter or YouTube. Now, Dave, have you had the opportunity to check out Glam Metal Monster Hunter on Kickstarter or YouTube? No, I have not. Uh, I just
1: found out about this a little bit ago when you told me about it. I am looking at the Kickstarter now, and it looks it looks extremely good.
0: Okay, here is, here is the thing that you need to know about Glam Metal Monster Hunter, is that on the Kickstarter page, it shows you a picture of uh, a character sheet, like a sample character sheet, right? Yes. The name of the game is Glam Metal Monster Hunter. And the four stats that your character has are as follows. One, Glam. Two, Metal. Three, Monster. And four, Hunter. And I feel like if that is is not enough to get you interested in uh, at least throwing down 10 bucks on the Kickstarter to get the PDF when it's released, uh, then I don't know why you're listening to our show. Because I feel like you and I do not have the same sort of values.
1: Yeah. Now, here is the one. Listen, first of all, let me say I am I am completely excited about this game. I love I love weird concept games, and I love rules light games. Here is the only thing that gives just me personally a tiny bit of pause is I don't know like anything about glam <laughs> at all. Like it is completely it's completely closed off to me.
0: I I don't think, Dave, that it is necessarily uh, glam specific. I think that glam is a an aspect of it.
1: Okay. Okay. Dig it. Like, listen, I, mean, listen, I know your monster character can have,
0: uh, can have one point in glam and four point and three or four points in metal. You know?
1: Yeah. I feel like I would have to put most of my points into monster and hunter and a lot fewer points into
0: glam, glam and metal. Well, see Dave, then that's easy. You are like a monster dude uh who is like a roadie for the band Could maybe be like a roadie maybe you drive perfect. the van you don't have to know anything I love about it. the music you just have to be i don't know a werewolf or something
1: i'm a monster man with a monster van uh Beautiful. i'm already invested
0: uh anyway speaking of investing go back to this kickstarter dudes uh the great thing is that the game is already written and the kickstarter campaign has already been successful like they've already hit their original goal so uh There's like zero pressure here. Yeah, there is zero. I mean, there is pressure. You should go do it. Right. I am pressuring you to go do this. There's only positive pressure. Um, But yeah, there is no risk of this not happening. Uh, It is basically already a done deal. The only thing now is that the more money they get, the more uh, stretch goals they can reach. And if they reach those stretch goals, we get to see more cool art. Like the one piece of art that you will see when you go look at Glam Metal Monster Hunter on Kickstarter or YouTube. Dave... Those are our five stars of the week, and I was thrilled to talk about all of them. And soon I will be thrilled to talk about episode sixteen of Denji Sentai Mega Ranger. Once again it is called Very Bad, Will We Die. It is very raw, but very good. Uh and we will talk about it after the break. Okay, we're back. We have watched episode 16 of Denji Sentai Mega Ranger. Dave, before the break, I neglected to say who wrote this episode of the show. Oh, yeah. And I would like to do that now, Dave, because the person who wrote this show is Yasuko Kobayashi. Now, the reason I wanted to bring this up Hmm. is because it is a name that I was not otherwise familiar. I had not seen, at least recently. Um, Yeah, it doesn't
1: sound super familiar. Um
0: but I looked her up on the uh uh Ranger Wiki and Dave, she is like super prolific. No kidding. She is okay. she is the first female head writer of a sentai series. Cool. Um she was the main writer on at least, you know, this is all sorts to, to Ranger Wiki, so if I'm wrong, uh yell at yell at them. Uh she was the head oh, Ranger I feel like Ranger Wiki's unlikely to be wrong about this sort of thing. Uh I Dave, I agree with you, but on the off chance that they are, I desperately don't want to get yelled at by somebody.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's uh, definitely Anyway, true. she
0: was the head writer of Ginga Man, Time Ranger, common uh, writer Ryuki. Uh, she was the head writer on Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon, which is not the original season of Sailor Moon. It's like the, I think the third season of Sailor Moon. She was the com. Oh, she was the head writer on Shinkenger. Dude, uh, yeah, she's great. Shinkenger Slash. Oh, wow. Slaps. Okay. Shinkenger is, like, uh, the one of the, like, more recent series that I've watched all the way through. Although now it's, like, ten years old. Um, I've said it before, and I will say it again. Shinkenger is, like, the one modern season I would love to do someday. Uh, Kamen Rider Triple-O, Go Busters. She was the main writer on the one with the trains, Tokukur, which I can never know how to pronounce. Uh, oh wow! She's written, okay. she's written a bunch of anime. She's written for um, oh, Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon is not the anime Sailor Moon. That's the live action Sailor Moon show.
1: Oh, right on. Well, dude, um, I mean, but she this also episode like, she's, is a, she's she's like a banger. She's a big like, writer real for good, so.
0: uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Attack on Titan. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, she's run written a ton of stuff. So I will definitely keep an eye out for her in the future because uh this was great this is very yeah, that's, good Dave. that's a heck of a pedigree man
1: so uh the episodes uh, speaking of the episode Matt episode starts off they are uh getting out of their club they are uh Michiko and Kenta are trying to eat some takoyaki because they're like oh we're so hungry we did so much work and everyone's like you didn't do any work um it's just some like right. generic after school stuff. Everything is cool and fine okay.
0: until it, it's generic. It's generic after school stuff day, but there are two things specifically I want to point out because I I thought of them as the episode went on. First of all, the lighting in this scene is weird because what you realize is that like it is sunset right now, right? So like it is visually showing you what time of day it is in a way that we don't normally get. Also. When well we do, it's just normally daytime. Well, sure, yeah. But like in in a sort of you know like it being sunset is like a specific time of day as opposed to it just being night or day, right? Right. And also when Kenta is being chewed out for not helping with the club activities, which honestly I don't know what they're expecting him to do. Kenta's not good at computer stuff. He's like only in the club because he has to be in the room with those two guys so that if Doctor Kubota calls, like they all go off and do adventures. Um, anyway, but Kendra's like, don't worry about it. There's always tomorrow. We'll just do it tomorrow. We're fine. Okay. Then weird, like glitter dust starts falling on them. Yeah. And it
1: looks at first like there's just some bird. It's like a flying thing and it's spreading glitter all over the place, which, uh, if I'm being honest that's a monstrous... That's The plan could have ended there. Right, just It's glitter. a monster that flies around and just dive bombs glitter all over the world, and then there's glitter everywhere and life sucks. But it's not. That's not the plan. So, like, they attack. Uh, it's a very quick fight.
0: Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a moth monster. It's Poison Moth Messeray, which is yes. terrible because I hate moths. And I don't like looking and at I, them. I also hate
1: moths. And I don't... Here's my theory, is that they fly very erratically, and also moths are normally out when it's dark. So, like, you're just chilling, and then all of a sudden there's just, like, a moth in your face. Anything that's uh, yeah, I,
0: anything that's hairy, that flies, that, like, might in any moment just bump into your face is not a good animal.
1: Yeah, I'm not into it. And I think there's also a... There's an extra fear if you're a person who has glasses, because there's always that concern that if you go to, like, smack it off your face, you're going to send your glasses flying, like, into a rock or something. Yeah. So, anyways, I don't like moths. I I especially don't like this moth. Yeah. Well, he's a very bad moth, because he is both a poison moth and a monster, which is extra bad. And, like, the rangers are all squared up. They've henshinned. They're ready to fight. And he does this, like, glitter attack. And they, like, you can kind of see them brace up. And then nothing happens. And Poison Moth Nezere just, like, runs away. Yeah. And And the
0: rangers are very confused about this. They're like, well, that was weird. You would think that his uh, attack would have done something to us, but clearly it hasn't, and we can go about our day worry-free. Yeah. Now,
1: you may be thinking to yourself, yeah, but he's called Poison Moth Nezere. You guys should be concerned. He doesn't announce himself as Poison Moth Nezere, and the rangers do not have the benefit of the placard that appears underneath him when he he appears to fight them. Right, right. So... It's the middle of the night, alarm goes off, Kenta wakes up, and it's Kubota. And Kenta's like, it's three in the morning, old man, why are you bothering me? And then we see the shot of them on Galaxy Mega, and they're all... They're all in like Kent is in his PJs. Other people have clearly just like grabbed whatever was closest. Kuichiru is in his full school uniform.
0: Yeah, and Chisato is my boy. Chisato is wearing pink, and Miku is wearing yellow because the show sometimes hates us.
1: Yeah. So unless they were having have a we, sleepover, by the way, real quickly,
0: and uh, like grabbed each other's clothes on their way out the door, suddenly. Uh, there is no excuse for this, and maybe that's what happened.
1: Here's: do the Rangers have like a teleporty thing? Can they teleport to Galaxy Mega?
0: You know, I don't think that I don't, they can because every time we see them, I don't them, think that they can. Yeah, every time we see them do it, they get on their like cyber sliders. They but they do it so, like basically instantaneously. Those cyber sliders are shockingly fast.
1: Yeah, so I really like the idea that Kenta like went outside sleepily henching. Hopped on his cyber slider, flew into low Earth orbit, unhensioned, all in his pajamas. Amazing. This is an excellent mental image. Dr. Kubota says, listen, we checked out that powder. Here's the problem. This is why it didn't seem like an attack. It's because the powder is, dun-dun-dun, poison. You have 24 hours to live, and that was like 10 hours ago.
0: So. Right. Then Shun realizes, like, well, it wasn't just other people who got hit with that stuff. We were there, too. I wonder if we were affected. And Dr. Kubota says, listen, the way you can tell is that this poison will create like a rash on your skin that is in the shape of a moth. So if you have that, this is amazing. If you have that mark, then you know that you are like branded by this poison and will die tomorrow at 6 p.m.
1: Yes. There's a handful of amazing things about this. First, Shun has one that is very clearly visible on his neck. The next is that when he says this, they all immediately look at the spots where these moth marks are. So they clearly already knew about well, them.
0: Well, four out of the five well, everybody, of them
1: did. <laughs> Everybody except Kenta will get to him. They all clearly knew and just were like, hmm, we were fighting a moth monster, and now there's this weird moth mark on me. I wonder what's up with that. It's probably nothing. Probably, I'm sure it's fine. Kenta is sort of like looking around himself he's like, Mo, oh, I don't see a moth mark on me I must be cool and then he says "Oh no and then he waits a moment like walks over to the side pulls his pants forward looks down and is like oh no so that was a very funny joke yes
0: I suppose
1: uh, <laughs> um, dude imagine you know imagine yourself being like 13 or 12 watching this show okay you yeah, yeah, on the yeah. ground So, Dr. Kubota's like, listen, uh, this is very bad, because we do not have a cure for this.
0: And Kenta says, that's a hilarious joke, now please give me the cure. Uh, Kubota, like, doubles down, he's like, no, it's a very bad situation. It was very difficult for me to tell you about this, like, emotionally. Like,
1: 10,000 people got hit by this thing. Yeah, like,
0: 10,000 people got hit by this thing, and will die tomorrow at 6pm, and I don't know how to solve it, and it's a bad day for everyone uh, like, don't, like, stop joking around. I haven't even, I haven't told the public because it would cause a panic, but, like, there is a problem, and we don't know how to deal with that. And, Dave, it was at yeah. this moment that I was like, oh, this is going to be a very difficult episode for me to watch in 2020.
1: Yeah, you know, I think here's the thing. I think Dr. Kubota, uh, he would have been fine. He could have just told everybody that 10,000 people a day were going to die from this. And uh, people would have just been like, "Well, I guess
0: it is what it I is." Mean, yeah, and I'm just going to go to the mean, bar anyway. You got to look at the cases, Dave. You got to look by the cases, not by the population.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, turns out the population would have just accepted it, and that would have been well half the population at least, anyways. So he's like, "Listen, don't give up hope. We are still researching. There's there's time.
0: Right, not um, a lot, but so there just, is time."
1: There is some. You guys head back to Earth. I'll, I'll get in touch with you. So we go from there to the Nezarei dimension, and uh, it's just a little bit of exposition. We found out something important, which is poison moth Nezarei does not produce this poison in his own body.
0: Right, This poison his has body, been developed by uh, Dr. Hinilar, which means that this yes. is actually an episode where Dr. Hinilar is the main villain, which we don't see a lot of.
1: I think this might be the second one. Like the very first episode was Hanalar, and now I think it's this is the only other one. So what Poison Moth Nazareth can do is like absorb poison and then and like amplify and redistribute it. Mm-hmm. That's kind of his That's his part in this plan. Right. Uh so we go back to the Digital Research Club. Everybody is just hanging out except Kuchiru who's, like, kind of trying to research. They're like, did you find anything? He's like, no. This is a totally unique poison. Like, we don't know anything about it. You might
0: call it a novel uh, poison.
1: (laughs) So Shun... uh, Oh, I'm sorry, no. Kenta comes back. And Kenta's like, guys, I got the medicine. And everybody is elated. They jump out of... I don't know why they're elated, because everybody knows Kenta's a moron. But they are. They all jump out of his seat. And he tips out a bag... And Kent's idea is basically he just went to the drugstore and bought one of everything.
0: Dude, I mean, okay. Like, I wanna make fun of him for this, but like, hey, remember You know who also did remember this? Remember March when a lot of people were just like, I don't know, man. What if what if we do this? What if we inject bleach into our bodies?
1: Yeah, yeah, I do I do remember when the president of the United States suggested that. Hmm. So Anyway, so, so he's actually, just about to, that's a really good. Just that's to, a really good parallel. So if you're kind of wondering, like, how dumb is Kenta? I, I mean, there I don't, you know. go. I don't think
0: he's that dumb because when someone tells him that it's a bad idea, he believes them.
1: That's true. He does stop doing it, and he is he is good-hearted, which goes a long so, way. So yeah, he's Anyways. about to eat
0: a handful of random pills when Shin slaps them out of his hand and says, "Are you in like?" You are so dumb that you think that the Nezere have created a problem that you can solve. Like, they've created a problem that Dr. Kubota can't solve. Like, there's no way you can do it. You're dumb. And then, like, Kenda gets mad at him. Because even though Shun is right, he's being a jerk about it.
1: Yeah, and actually, everybody else is like, my dude.
0: Like, Shun. Come on, man. And honestly, like... Man, dumb people doing dangerous things and then smart people telling them that they're dumb, but being a dick about it and driving them away. I was like, man, this is a rough episode for me. This is, yeah,
1: not easy to watch. Very
0: well written. Uh, I, I will remember this one fondly but i did not necessarily enjoy watching it in the way that i normally enjoy watching this show that is the, uh, not the so not the fault of this episode the fault of the world back to you
1: yeah Dave. so uh we hop up to inet where there's research. tall steve is just banging away on a keyboard. I do have it like, in he's my notes not... that
0: this is a problem that not even Tall Steve can solve. And that's how you know Like, he's serious. clearly not
1: typing. He's just, like, he's doing, like, that little kid typing where, like, his, he's just claw-handing the the keyboard as fast as he can. And uh, so then we just jump in. it Dr. is like, we don't have the cure yet. Oh, no. Uh, Shun, back at the DRC, says... I write it DRC because it's like the Digital Research Club, but whenever I say DRC, it feels like I'm talking about like a communist state.
0: <laughs> uh, well, you're talking about the Democratic Republic of Congo, Dave. Obviously. Oh
1: yeah, there is. That's mm-hmm, there is a country with that. So, anyways, Shun just hops up. And he's like, actually, guys, um, I'm out. And they're like, what? what are you talking about? Like, we don't have a cure. And Shun's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know we don't have a cure. Uh, so my plan is that I'll be dead in eight hours or whatever. So I'm going to go live my life like this is my last day in it. And I'm going to go do the stuff that I wanted to do. Like, not not as a Mega Ranger, just as Shun, just as, like, myself. And uh, Kenta and uh, Michiko are like, yeah, actually, that's a very that's a very good plan. Yes, we are into that plan. We will go with you. Yeah. Uh, Chisato and Kuchiru do not. Yeah,
0: they don't, and they're upset with the other three. But the thing is that, like, honestly, Kuchiru and Chisato, like, their only plan is to stay in the computer lab? Like, they don't actually have a plan to accomplish anything. They're just like, well, we should all wait together in case Dr. Kubota calls. Yeah, I gotta say, I actually,
1: I am with Shun and and Kenta on this one. And, yeah, like, this, I, yeah, I get it, man. Now. The things that they choose to do kind of undercut Well, okay. Now, here's the deal. First of all, they're all teenagers. So... So if, like, they're all dying in a few hours, the thing that they would be going to try to do is not what they put on this television show. Right. And it's a show for children, so that's appropriate. I was just like, clearly, this is a lie. Right. So...
0: Next. So Shun goes to, like, a different computer lab. Like, that is how he is going to accomplish his dreams. He's going to go to a different computer lab. And remember, he's really big into like computer imaging stuff. And so he basically is like printing like doing nice like large format prints of his entire portfolio. Because he wants to set up an exhibition to like display his work for people to see and appreciate before he dies. Which I which is actually like I get that. Like that makes a lot of sense to me, especially for a guy like Shun.
1: Yeah. It's like it's it's really cool. Um Kenta sits down at his favorite Korean barbecue and orders 10 portions of special kalbi. And then we see uh, Michiko go shopping. Yes, now- Like she just buys a bunch of clothes. Okay,
0: Michiko goes shopping but, and buys a bunch of clothes, but at the very end, she's you know, she's got an ice cream and she just bought a bunch of new shoes, but she walks past a display window and she sees a wedding dress. And she just like stops and looks at it for a minute. And then the scene cuts away. And we go back to the computer lab, Ko is continuing to like search through his databases, but he's already looked at everything and the solution does not exist in his computer. Um, Chisanto is there as well and they're talking and the whole vibe of this scene kind of makes it feel as though the two of them are going to like kiss or something. Did you get that vibe, Dave? Yeah, Matt, I did 100%
1: get that vibe. It was really weird though because like in the moment of watching it on the show I was like yeah this this totally makes sense there's even some narrative like backup for it happening and the scene is definitely set up to make you think it's going to happen but at the same time having the cognitive like the cognitive dissonance of knowing like there's no way. There's absolutely no way it's actually going to happen. It just very much feels like it should be. And it's like, thro- it's throwing me off.
0: Yeah. There's a really nice moment where Chisato has like sort of stepped away from Kuichiru, is being quiet and sort of like sitting in his chair, uh, looking at the, com- sort of like looking at the computer, but not at the computer. He's just sort of like looking. Uh, and she yep. is thinking about the stuff that she wants to do. And of course she's a photographer, so she picks up her her camera and she points it at him but as she like zooms in on the like zooms in the lens to like get him to focus that zoom means that now she can see what he is holding in his hand uh, which she wouldn't otherwise be able to see from across the room and it's like a little like a wallet picture of his family i guess uh and he just like holds that and a teardrop falls on the photograph and then she goes over and like puts her hand on his shoulder it's it's really nice guys it's a really it nice a moment. Great, it is. It's a man. It's just like a real killer moment.
1: So, uh, Kuiju stand, or er, she grasps him on the shoulder, and then they're like, "Listen, like we can't give up hope. We are like we are heroes." Yeah. We jump up to Galaxy Mega, and we get another very key piece of information, which is they have figured out that Poison Moth Nezere does not produce the poison in his own body. So, like, wherever the poison is coming, like we said before, it's coming from someplace else, and he's, like, processing and distributing it. Yeah. So, we go down to Kenta, who has done some work on that 10 rounds of special boy, coffee. Boy, oh, boy. Uh, I
0: and- also liked that when he sat down at the restaurant, he just, like, put his wallet on the table. Like, well, anything that's in this, I'm not going to need after 6 p.m., so keep bringing me food.
1: You just right, you just turn all this money into special call B. So a kid runs in and he's like, Kenta, I knew I'd find you here, which I love. I love that Kenta both A knows this kid, like B A is at this restaurant frequently enough, and B knows this kid well enough, and this that the kid's like, Oh, well Kenta's not at school and he's not at the arcade, so clearly this dude is eating Korean barbecue. Right. And he's like, Listen, Kenta, super exciting news. There's a new fighting game coming in. It's going to be at the arcade tomorrow. Like, Don't you and late. I will play this game. It's going to be amazing. And in that moment, Kenta is like, oh, and then Kenta looks down, and the kid has the moth on him. So the kid's going to die.
0: Yeah. And then the cook at kid the restaurant like, picks up the phone, is like, oh, great. You just had a baby boy. I'll be on the first train tomorrow to come see it. Oh, it's gonna be so good to see you and this new wonderful baby. And then, as he hangs up the phone, Kenji sees that he has the moth mark as well. Oh no! We cut over to Shun, who is like setting up his exhibition. But like you know, he hasn't had time to like book a venue or anything, so he's just sort yeah. of setting it up, sort of on the wall of this like fountain, like this public fountain. And he's setting it up and, like, you know, he's, he's like, checking the list. He's like, I, I printed this stuff out. I found a place to put it on the wall. I'm putting it on the wall and people will see it. But in this moment, he realizes that, like, the the version of this that he actually wants to do is not this. Like, this is a pale substitution for, like, something that was a dream of his. And he gets really frustrated yeah. about it. It is. It's a really
1: like he really sells it it's a really excellent moment see, that guy's a because good actor. like you see him he is like you see him raging against this fate and in the middle of it realizing that like rage as he might like he can't change it at least not right now so uh michiko uh walks up and she is very she's got the Big box, which obviously has the wedding dress like you can't see it but obviously it's the wedding dress and you can tell she is very obviously about to ask shun to like go to a church with her and let her put on this dress and walk down the aisle
0: yeah uh like she never but she never says it like it never actually gets said in the episode this is a wedding dress i want to like either get married or pretend to get married before we all die Like, even through the end of the episode, like, it is only ever, like, it's this, like, clear but unspoken thing. Before she's able to say it, these two little kids are, it's the same sort of thing. Like, like the two little kids see some pretty flowers, and they're like, oh, these flowers are so pretty. The, The girl says, like, either, when I, I think she says, when I grow up, I want to marry a florist. Um, which was, which I thought was weird, but uh, whatever. I mean, listen, you can want to marry a florist. It's just like she doesn't. Yeah, say, sure, why not? She, Maybe you just dig. She doesn't. Flowers. She doesn't say I want to be a florist. I think is the weird thing. Um, but and then like a little boy says what he wants to be when they grow up, and they're talking about their futures that are doomed and will never happen because obviously both of them also have the moth mark.
1: Yeah, I also, what is really wild to me is these marks are, like, clearly visible, and everybody has them, and they look the exact same on everybody, and they're very obviously a moth. And nobody is talking about it.
0: Right, right.
1: Like, n- nobody, it's like, a, not in the news, the kids aren't like, oh, what's up with your weird moth mark? I don't need, there's not even, like, I don't know, I wonder, let's be concerned about it. They're just like, as though they don't exist. So anyways... We go back to the digital research club. The three prodigals, I guess, for lack of a better term, come in and they're like, no, like, screw this. It's too early to die. We're sorry that we we ditched out on you to just like go do our thing. Like we are back in it. Right, like what can we do here? Rangers forever, let's let's make this happen. This is awesome. Uh, and this is, an, man, this is another great moment. Michiko had all these boxes and bags and then she pulls out, this plant, it's a potted plant. And she says, I got us this flower, and this flower is blooming tomorrow, and we will all be here to look at it. Like, yes. Yeah. Amazing. Good stuff. Like, what a great... Oh, man. So Dr. Kubota calls, and he says, guys, this is huge. We figured this thing out about moth And what that means is moth must himself somehow be immune to this poison. Right, like... He, he must have some sort of poison
0: antibody or something. Right, so... so if... you need to go... Yeah, and, like, cut a part of his body off and bring it to us so we can analyze it to find the antidote. This is... Now, Matt, I will
1: say, I wonder if there is a degree to which, like, not having done a whole lot of LARP makes these... Like, as soon as they said... That, like, oh, he we figure out that he doesn't have the poison in his own body. I was like, oh, they're just going to have to get, like, a body MacGuffin. Like, go kill the monster and bring, like, six wolf teeth or whatever, and that's what I need to, like, make the potion to save you. And I was like, they're just going to have to go get a part of Moth Nazarene uh, and, and bring genuinely it Genuinely
0: did not occur to me, and I once in a game sent a PC to go collect a dog's tooth for a potion.
1: I did. Yeah, I, I did remember that very good moment. So anyways... um. From there, like, it, things proceed pretty rapidly. Basically, like, Moth Nazare is out. He's spreading poison around. The rangers jump in. They're already henched, They they dive in. And I think it's Red?
0: Uh, no, it's Shun.
1: Slices off? Okay, so Shun. should no. no um, Shun, like, gets Kenta in. jumps
0: in to, like, sort of grapple with him, to hold him down. Everyone else is sort of trying to get at him, but he's shooting them off with lasers. And then Shun does his, like, flying tomahawk spin attack and chops off one That's of his antennas. That's what
1: it is. So, uh, Kuchiru, Mega a black, grabs it, and he dips, and then the rest of the rangers are like, we'll hold them off while you go.
0: Right. And then they immediately start collapsing because it's getting near the end of the 24-hour time period. So yes. now the poison is beginning to take effect. Kuchiru gets up to space we... in about three seconds. Yep, uh, he drops it off. And then, like, he is going back down... Like, he is clearly feeling the effects of the poison as well. He's going back down. Dr. Kubota's like, dude, are you okay? And Creaturus is like, He's like well, no, I'm not. Well, no. But, like, the five of us all promised that we would greet tomorrow together. And so I'm going back down to be with my friends. It's very... I, listen, I don't know how many times we've said it's very good this episode. But the episode's very good, you guys.
1: Yeah, I, I do continue to be really interested in the degree to which... Like Koichiru really seems like much more of a red ranger. And Kenta seems like a lot more of a blue ranger. You know, like they've really kind of mixed things up. Like this vibe from Kuichiru.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like they really could have juggled the colors on most of the characters this season. We've we've talked about it before, but it continues to be We true. have,
1: I just you know, I just I do continue to be struck by it and I really like it. So basically, uh the Rangers are going down. They actually they they run away from Poison Moth Neseray, they run into like a little culvert and they actually unhension. Yeah, well they they're get like our bodies just
0: zapped and fall off the roof of the building that they're on. Uh and like they are so beaten down that their bodies no longer have the energy to maintain the henched form. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh but despite that They are still going to fight because, like, they are in this thing. Like... Oh, dude,
1: it's so good. They kind of come up around a bend and they're like, we're really serious now. And they just, like, I love any time they just, the rangers, like, attack in their their unhensioned form. Love it. Yeah, so they attack. I mean, it goes Um, super badly, right? Yeah, they're A, human, and B, poisoned and dying. And
0: also, a cool visual thing is Do you remember in the beginning of the episode like the lighting was such that we were like in uh sunset time i don't you know you know sunset time that common phrase everyone uses um well now the lighting has again shifted so now there's a visual indicator that it has been a full 20 it has almost been a full 24 hours we are in like we are entering twilight now and like now it is extremely serious it's just a really nice touch
1: So the Ranger APC arrives, the Digitank, is that what it's called? Uh, The Digitank, yes. Digitank arrives, and the doors pop open, and some backup soldiers jump out, and Dr. Kubota's there, and he's got the antidote. Hooray! Now, they do not address at all how they are delivering this intravenous antidote to the whole rest of the city. Oh, they do, actually.
0: Oh, do they? I missed it, totally. Yeah, very briefly, and it's a little bit of a hand wave, but, like, because the poison has started to affect people like in the evening before six o'clock, like in that hour, they're like, yes, everyone who was affected has gone to the hospital. Send this okay. antidote down to the hospital for
1: us. Nice, I, t- I totally missed that, thank you. So they he they fight, Moth-Nezere goes down, he goes giant, they summon Galaxy Mega. they do a little fight, and then there's this great moment Where Moth Nezere is about to go down for the count and he's like, wait, if you
0: kill me. Real quick, you did talk, you did talk past the point in the episode where they grapple with giant Moth Nezere, tear his wings off and beat him with his own detached wings. Oh man, I do apologize. (laughs) (laughs) It is just like these dudes, like when they said that they're serious today, they were not kidding. Anyway, yeah, so you were saying as they're about to kill him.
1: Oh, so as they're about to kill him, he has this great moment where he's like, Hold up. If you kill me, like, my body will explode. And. And this body full of poison right now. This body, gosh, just so much poison. It's giant poison. poison. So you can't do it. And they're like, Ooh, dang. And in that moment, he, like, blast zaps them. It's really
0: good. It's very good. And then they have the genius thought. They're like, hey, our giant robot is also a spaceship. We're just going to fly this Joker into... Sp- like, if we can't kill him in the city, we're going to fly him to space and kill him there. And they do, and it's so good.
1: Yeah, it was just... Man, it was like a killer... Uh, it was a very comic booky y moment. They just, like, put this dude in a headlock and blast into orbit.
0: It's rad. Uh, yeah, and then they shoot him with a giant laser gun and he dies. Uh, it felt very good to see. Uh, and that, and that's, that's it for the monster. We get another scene of them all the next day back at school. Kenta is trying to get money off of, uh, Shun and Kuichiru because he, of course, has spent all of his money on food. And we cut to yeah. the digital research, uh, club room where they are looking at the, like, like the full table is covered with all of the clothes that, uh, Miku had bought the day before and, They're sort of going through. Chisato sees the box, the box with the wedding dress, and opens it up and is like, Oh my gosh, you bought a wedding dress yesterday? What were you planning to do? And then. Uh, I do wonder how much money Michiko has. <laughs> a lot less today because uh, she also is yeah, like, looking um, inside her empty wallet during this scene. Right.
1: And then Shisato uh, proceeds to mercilessly tease her friend and like dance around with the dress, and then everybody sees yeah. it. It's a good moment. But then it's the, a great ending to it. And then the
0: very end of the episode, the camera rests on the flower that has now bloomed. Ah. Oh. Ah. Oh, such good. good stuff, you guys. Dave, Dave it's a good show. Uh, But that episode is over. Of course, our episode is not over because first we need to determine where Poison Moth Nezere lands in the Creature Royale. Now, as a quick starting spot, Poison Gas
1: Rat is at spot 114. And I feel like Poison Moth Nezere, you know, I, I was about to say like, oh, Poison Moth Nezere is definitely better than that. And now I'm actually going to I'm going to back it up. It's a great episode. And I really like Poison Moth Nazare as like the narrative driver of this episode. But as I look above Poison Gas Rat, immediately we're into like Duke Trump and the Purse Monk and the Four Kings of Heaven, and I don't I don't like Poison Moth Nazare as much as those guys.
0: Um man, I don't know. Yeah, great episode. The episode doesn't necessarily really hinge on Poison Mothneseret as a monster. Although, I mean, it. and on one hand, that's true. On the other hand, like, Poison Mothneseret is very important to this episode. You know, like, not only is he the monster they have to defeat, but also, like, they need to, like, harvest his body.
1: Yeah, okay. Um, good point, good point. They
0: fly, to, they, they fly him back to space to kill him after tearing his wings off. They're like, your wings are gone, but you will fly again one more time to space so we can kill you.
1: Okay. So if we start to look up, man. I mean, I don't know if he um, goes much.
0: He might, literally, he might go right above Poison Gas Rat. Um, right above Tof- <laughs> er, Poison Gas Rat is um, R. 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 re Do you remember offhand who R.R.R.E. R. R. was?
1: You know, man, off the top of my head, I don't. That is the, that was one of the big problems with Car Ranger, is that like very rarely did any of the names like help you connect with who these guys were. Oh, R Well, yeah.
0: Above him is R R. E. Is the guy with the magic hammer who, when he hits something with a hammer, it brings it to life.
1: Oh, that actually was a really cool. That was, that was that, a that really was cool. that was pretty cool. Uh, How was Caracasa? Uh, oh, you know what? I think Karakasa was the good Umbrella Monster. It was. It was the second Umbrella Monster, but it was the good one. And I think the first Umbrella Monster sucked. That's why Karakasa's is high on this Oh, series.
0: right. So, I'm looking around. Like, I, like as and, a character, I don't think it's more interesting than, like... But
1: as an episode, this is
0: so good. Right. I think... And we do we do take that into consideration. I think,
1: yeah. I think I would jump as far up as... I mean, last week was Owl Nezere, right?
0: Owl Nezere is at number 101. Yeah. Better or worse than Owl Nezere? I think, I think this is better. I think I like, as an episode,
1: again, not Moth Nezere himself, but or, uh, the episode I think is so good. I think I would jump up. I think my ceiling would be um, Kappa and Rokorokobi. Okay. And I think I might actually go like
0: right underneath them. Well, right underneath Kappa and Roka Roka B is Barakandama, who is actually who, who is I really, really dig. Good. He is, but
1: this episode is is better, I think, than the episode that Barakandama is. I don't know,
0: man. Barakandama was the episode where um, uh, the the Blue O Ranger got like his own special robot, but it was made out of wood, and then it was evil. Yeah.
1: Okay. So just below Bara is Bara Clothes, and I do like this. I think this okay. is a better episode than
0: that. Well, you know, moths uh, moths often beat Clothes, Dave. It's one of the famous things hey. about them. And there it is, number 100. All right. Great job, Poison Moth. Ned, great right? job. I hate you a lot, but great job. <laughs> Dave, that is going to do it for another episode of The Spy Who Loved Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all that you can email the show at supercentaibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we're talking about on the show, we're on Twitter at Super Sentai Bros. If you like the show, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. If you want to leave us a rating or review on the podcast catcher of your choice, that would be lovely of you. Um, the Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. If you'd like to listen to any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can do that all at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth.